to Change podcast. We are grateful to have you join us today. On this episode, we are continuing our series on common issues, big topics. You will hear April and our counselors, Haley Hast and Jesse Larimer, talk about loosening the grip of control. Thank you for being a part of this conversation as we hope to offer you practical solutions for positive change. Welcome back, everyone. This is April Bordeaux. I'm so glad you've chosen to spend this time with us. We are in the middle of a series entitled Common Issues, Big Topics. And this month, we have covered perfectionism and anxiety, the keys to happiness, and codependency. And today, we are entering into a topic we're calling Loosening the Grip of Control. Uh, This is a topic that is so common these days and affects so many people and impacts many, many relationships. Today I have invited two of our therapists to join us for this conversation, Haley Hast and Jesse Larimar. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast Jesse and Haley are part of our North Indy team, and so if you see them, you'll be traveling up to our 9292 North Meridian office, Um, and so I'm so glad that you guys have joined us for this important topic. Thanks for being here today, you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, This is an important topic that we hear about a lot. I know uh, you two do, I do, probably every one of our therapists here at Care to Change hear about someone that has an issue with control in some way or another. So before we get into sort of how to loosen the grip, where it came from, that sort of conversation, I'd like to just identify how you two see this issue of control show up in your office. So how does this often manifest um, itself? Yeah, so we see this, um, it's often a component of anxiety. So um, people who do a lot of overthinking, plan through their whole day, um, people will often have plan A, plan B, plan C, and also get really thrown off by any changes in the schedule, anything unexpected, um, that can produce a lot of anxiety. So if that sounds uh, like it's ringing a bell, <laughs> and you can understand that this might be something you want to tune into. How about um, not just with themselves, but how would it show up in relationships? It depends on the type of relationship, right? Like in our marriage, we might try to control what our spouse is doing in order to ease the anxiety or the stress that we're feeling. If it's in like a parenting relationship, we tend to take control away from our kids which then causes more meltdowns. And so then we try to control more. Um, And those choices could be like, oh, I'm gonna pick out the clothes for my kids, or I'm gonna do this because it's gonna make time be a little bit more efficient. So it can be simple little things that lead up to this big like snowball effect. So kind of, we use the terminology yards a lot. Um, And we talked about this a little bit last week when we were talking about codependency and how Um, Each one of us have our own areas of responsibility, right? So we're responsible for our own thoughts and feelings and beliefs and behaviors and um, controlling would sort of be jumping into someone else's yard to try to control their thoughts or feelings or beliefs or maybe even behaviors. Um, And so uh, it can be, like you said, uh, Jesse, that 
um, controlling every minute of the day and being thrown off if something changes. So that's in yourself. Or it can be trying to control someone else's thoughts or feelings or beliefs or behaviors in the name of love, right? Or in the name of parenting or in the name of knowing what's best. And there's just some illusion out there that we actually can control a lot of this. Um, We sort of fool ourselves into thinking we can, right? Um, So what would you say is the root issue of our pursuit of control? Well, I would say that it's a symptom of anxiety. And I think it can be really helpful to do some digging here and think about what is the underlying fear in that desire to control. Um, It's not the same for everyone. So some examples might be um, someone who spent several months during childhood homeless and living on the streets might try to always be in control to avoid instability in their adult lives. Um, Someone who is bullied may seek control to protect him or herself from further hurt. Someone who feels insecure about their ability to cope with uncertainties may seek control in order to avoid situations in which they feel insecure. But like you said, April, whatever the reason, we do know that control is an illusion. I'm hearing a little bit of an action step in this, um, finding out what the root is if you know that um, trying to control too much is destroying or harming relationships or yourself, right? Um, Getting to the root of the anxiety or the fear might be helpful in breaking um, or loosening the grip of control, understanding where it actually came from. What are some of the costs, or maybe we don't often think about this, but what are some of the benefits of trying to maintain control? Well, one of the main benefits that we think of is kind of like this false sense of security. Like when we are controlling everything we think that we can, then we feel secure. And so we don't have this rustling of insecurity, uneasy feelings happening. Um, But some of the costs can be like it's taking up a lot of headspace and a lot of energy in our brain. And it's something that we're constantly like on a loop, just thinking about over and over and over with all the possibilities that's happening. Or could happen. A couple of weeks ago, when we opened the series on perfectionism and anxiety, um, Jared, who is our guest on that one, uh, one of our therapists here, Jared Jones, talked about, he gave a definition of anxiety and he said something like, and I'm going to paraphrase his, that anxiety comes when there is a perceived threat, right? And so when we're talking about control, there's a perceived threat of some sort and so a natural response might be well if I can control this um, this threat um, of safety whether it's physical safety or emotional safety then it will be reduced or I won't be harmed in that way so it makes sense when you're talking about the reason why someone you know there might be this you know false sense of security if I control it then I can't be harmed by it or I can't be hurt by it. And so it's a, it's a way that someone can begin or at least think that they are secure. I think another cost when we think about that um, effort to be constantly in control is that we lose out on really enjoying the present moment mm. and being present with people around us because we are so consumed 
with planning for the future, thinking through what's going to happen next, um, that we're not really present in the moment. When we think about anxiety, um, we really are living in the future rather than in the present. And so there is really a big sacrifice there in um, just taking advantage of everyday moments with the people around us. I'm actually writing notes as you speak. You said anxiety is actually living in the future rather than uh, enjoying the present. And that's such a powerful statement um, because controlling does rob us of enjoying the present moment uh, when we're busy controlling what could happen. Gosh, what could happen? I better do these things or this could happen. So I better do these things or I better plan for these things in what about right now? Um, and so anxiety does sort of rob us of our present moment, which also makes sense why when we're talking about ways to handle anxiety, it's about bringing back to, to current, bringing back to present and breathing through the present moment. Um, so that makes a lot of sense as well. What do you think are some of the benefits, I mean, of letting go of control? Clearly, enjoying the present is one of them, right? So being able to live and experience the gratitude of the moment, or maybe there's pain in the moment too, but experiencing pain in the moment saves us from grief um, sneaking up from us uh, into us like in other situations. So even in painful moments, living in the present uh does prevent it from sneaking up on us later. So what are some other benefits of letting go? Well, when we're living in the present, we're also building and strengthening the relationships around us because mm -hmm. our headspace is with that person. And so we can actually see the strengths and the beauty of that person that we're in relationship with, whether that be our spouse, our friends, our kids, right? We can have a full use all of our five senses to really capture those golden I call them golden nuggets of memories mm -hmm. that you never mm -hmm. want to let go of because we're not worrying so much about what's happening in the future or what could happen we're here in this moment and so we actually really build and strengthen those relationships mm -hmm. and that empathy and that deep connection and authenticity between each other it requires being fully present to be truly authentic and it requires authenticity to experience true connection so the benefit of loosening the grip would be to experience the present and to live authentically to be able to experience real connection that's deep that's really deep anything else you know when I think about that uh, desire to be in control all the time it's really tiring. <laughs> it's exhausting. Um, it's really trying to manipulate your life, your circumstances, and make everything work out all the time. Um, and a lot of people that I see are just tired of how hard it is. So there's just a lot of freedom in being able to let go of that, not needing to do that, and really um, being able to enjoy life and the unexpected. I love that you reframe this from loosening the grip of control to experiencing the freedom of living in the present, right? Uh, because really, if we talk about loosening the grip of control, it feels like a bit of a battle. Like, how do you loosen the grip? You know, loosen the grip, it feels like this battle where experiencing contentment and freedom 
from living in the present feels much more liberating, right? It feels like there's so much more breath in that statement. And yet they're sort of the same, right? Loosening the grip and living in freedom. Uh, And so I love the way that you reframed that. If someone's listening and they're saying, yeah, I know I struggle with control. I know I have anxiety. I know I'm using control as a way to feel safe or to prevent injury, whether it's relational injury or self-injury, whatever um, that that might show up for them and they're and they're ready like I want to loosen the grip of control it is exhausting I've I've um I've tried this for so long or I've lived this for so long my life is just exhausted right what would you say are some steps someone could take to loosen that grip to be able to live in that freedom I would say the first step is understanding what you actually can control and what you can't control And so with a lot of my clients, I'll have them take a piece of paper and draw a circle in the center of the paper, leaving space all around the outside of the circle. And we'll work through listing things in the circle of what we actually can control and outside of the circle is things we can't control. And so what you find is that it's very limited on what we can, right? So it kind of goes back to that yard that we were talking about. We can control our thoughts, we can control our behaviors, we can control our emotions and what we do with those emotions, our reactions, right? And then outside of that circle, we can't control anybody else and their and their stuff, right? And we also can't control the weather and we can't control like really anything that's going on in the world. And so you just see like, oh wow, there's all these things I can't control, but look at what I can. And so then you start working on focusing on the things, well, I can control this and this allows me to be in the present moment. And I would add on to that as we're talking about being in the present moment, um, the concept of mindfulness, which I know we talk about pretty frequently on this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, It's really the idea of living in the present moment. And a couple things I'd like to emphasize today are um, living in the moment with curiosity and gratitude. Mm -hmm. So um, when we're in control, we are trying to plan and we're using a lot of judgments. Um, When we are living in freedom, we can be curious about what's happening and we can allow the unexpected to happen and be open to what that experience might be. And gratitude is a big piece as well because that really tunes our hearts into um, the good in the moment instead of what the fear is in the moment. So that's really powerful as well. Um, Mindfulness means we're paying attention to what's around us. We're what we smell, um, that we see the roses popping up. Um, We pay attention to the conversation we're having over dinner and what our food tastes like, instead of being consumed with doing something else at the same time. Um, There's a lot more to it. You can dig into mindfulness, but um, those are some general concepts that are really helpful to think about. And I think that helps us live from a position of peace, right? If we're in Mm -hmm. that mindfulness and that curiosity about the world and what's around us and the gratitude that we see and can think of, that it really gives us this position of peace that when something does come up, there's still this peace that's there, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have just said, you know what, that's something I can't control that came up. But mm-hmm. let's move 
forward? What can we do about it? To live in the moment with curiosity and gratitude replaces judgment and fear, right? Um, and it brings sort of a sense of contentment. And um, one of the one of the last couple of weeks, we did a, a short podcast on you know finding happiness, the keys to finding happiness, and. One of the things that um, Mariah said during that time was, you know, finding contentment uh, within. And so this is kind of it goes along with that. And um, happiness is rarely found from attempting to control rather than just being curious and looking around to see what in this moment can I be grateful for. And it doesn't it doesn't mean that there aren't hard things happening. It doesn't mean pretending like there aren't challenges going on. It doesn't mean that we're not in the middle of something very difficult that we can't control. What it does say is, where am I going to focus my thoughts and energy, right? And if my energy is spent attempting to control or avoid pain, and that takes the energy away, then I don't have energy left for being in the moment, whatever moments of gratitude I can find, right? And sometimes we have to dig pretty deep to find moments of gratitude when we're in the middle of something really difficult, right? I mean, let's be honest, it's not always so fun, and I'm going to be curious about my surroundings when the surroundings are difficult, right? And so... The difference is moving from a place of curiosity and gratitude versus an attempt to control. The amount of energy left for the challenge at hand will be very different uh, because we know that gratitude and contentment and curiosity bring energy, whereas uh, control and fear and anxiety remove energy. And so especially in the moments of challenge when it's easier to go into trying to control um, if we take the energy where we're going to get more energy back in curiosity and gratitude, then we have more energy in emotional space or capacity to handle the challenge that we're, we're focused on. And it's sort of counterintuitive because like there's a challenge. I got to do something about it. I got to make a plan. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fight this. Right. It's sort of counterintuitive in today's world. Like go, you know, go take the bull by the horns and go figure out what to do and, it only lasts so long if that's the way we live our lives. Um, and it's not that you don't plan, right? You said planning for the unexpected. It's not that you don't go fly by the seat of your pants. Uh, so there is planning. There's wisdom in some of that. But it's when holding on to that, you know, becomes exhausting over time um, when you really can't control anything other than our own thoughts or feelings or beliefs or behaviors. So I'm glad that you said that. What other things can someone do um, to help to loosen that grip? I would say um, just another focus is to embrace uncertainty and flexibility in our lives and recognize that we do have resiliency to deal with the unexpected. So a lot of times what can be helpful is to look backward, to look in our past and notice sometimes that we have planned things to happen a certain way and they didn't go as expected and that we were able to cope. Um, of course, things don't always go perfectly, um, but recognizing that we, we can cope with the unexpected 
is one thing that allows us to loosen that grip and control. Another thing that you can do is create margin or space in your life. So I talk a lot with other clients and other people about creating the space to just kind of be, to be still and allow whatever emotions come, allow whatever thoughts come, that we can just give ourselves a space where the unexpected could happen, which unexpected doesn't necessarily always be negative, right? The unexpected could be, oh wow, I see, feel this peace that's come over me because I took a moment to be still and allowed myself to feel these emotions and let them come out in order to have the peace to give the energy of adapting to the uncertainty and having that flexibility. Um, if we run ourselves to the point where we're ragged and we're just struggling to just get through the to-do list every day and getting through even just the mundane things and adding more to our to-do list, then we're less tolerant for the unexpected and we really just wear ourselves down and then we feel burnout and fatigue and we don't allow ourselves to kind of recoup from just daily life. Doesn't it seem like as Christians too, as believers, that God invites us to loosen our grip of control and trust him? Mm -hmm. Yes, I've always um, tried to teach my kids that anything worth worrying about is worth praying about. I try to teach myself that too. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> um, and one thing I think about when we talk about trusting God is it's really trusting in his character, that he is good and that he is in control. Um, when, um, when we think about those two things, if we know that he's going to act on my behalf and that he is powerful, that means we can trust him with the things that are going on in our lives, the big things, the little things. Um, Psalm 68, 8, 11, and 12 say, Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him. For God is our refuge. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard, power belongs to you, God. And with you, Lord, is unfailing love. Are there any sort of um, resources that you would recommend if someone is really struggling with this idea of loosening the grip or letting go of anxiety or um, control? Yeah, two of my favorite resources are the Anxious for Nothing book by Max Lucado and then also the Soundtracks book by John Acuff. Both of those help with lowering our anxiety and kind of having that position of peace as well as working through practical steps of how to stop overthinking because when mm. we're grasping onto that control, we tend to start overthinking and we get stuck on these loops and these mm -hmm. basically soundtracks in our head that keep repeating itself over and over. And so that book is great for helping us kind of stop that. Another one that I would recommend is Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. And she also has a lot of great understanding and practical tools for handling anxiety. Well, you two, thank you so much. I appreciate um, you stepping in and talking about this important topic. I know it's not as easy as, you know, living with curiosity and gratitude and being mindful of the present. I know that it's not that easy a lot of times, especially for professional controllers, right? 
um, to just let go like that, but it is a it is a one step, right? And so when we recognize the impact of attempting to control, and then we understand what the root is of that, and know, okay, one thing I can do is begin to shift my thinking into being mindful of the present and flexible with change, um, and wise and planning, and knowing that God is trustworthy in the process. Um, it's just one little step at a time. Um, like like many often say, it's like a little two-degree shift um, that will make a difference in the long run. So thank you so much, you guys, both for coming. I uh, appreciate your time, and I look forward to you coming back as guest again. Thank you. Thanks, April. Join us next week as we continue the conversation related to common issues, big topics. Next week, we're going to continue, actually close out this series, and we're going to be talking about taming the inner critic. Kind of goes along with the, the grip of control. I often see the two of these go hand in hand. How do we tame the inner critic when it's not so kind to us, when the motivation has left um, and the harm is coming? So as always, we know you could choose where to be. Give us a give us a ring, give us a follow, um, text us on our care line and let us know what questions you have and hope to see you again next week. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in today's episode. You can follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube to hear more about our conversation topics. If you have any questions from this episode or would like to hear more, please reach out to us on our care line at 317-979-7133 or email us at help at caretochange.org. We hope you found this episode helpful and invite you to join us for more of our podcast conversations.